Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Hannah. Greetings, all. I'm Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. Tio. Hello, hello. I'm T.O. I play Claire, Claire Mont, the Forgotten Vessel. And Kyle. Good evening. I'm Kyle. I play Duncan Oliver, the Vox. The three of you find yourselves standing under a low, wide awning, a circular concrete slab beneath your feet. In front of you is a facade of lightly tinted glass windows with an automatic sliding door at the center. To the left is a dull gray monolith etched with glowing purple letters that read, Somewhere Elementary, Home of the Screaming Foglets. <laughs> a bas-relief below the message depicts a cute little cloud that appears to be both smiling and screaming simultaneously. As you get your bearings, you discover there are, in fact, no bearings to gather. The area beyond the circular slab on which you stand is an unending sea of inky darkness, punctuated only by sinewy strands of light seem to be waving and cresting and breaking against the school in a sinusoidal pattern. Max, you are immediately struck by the similarity to the view from the windows out of the bus, although the light appears to be behaving somewhat differently here. Sinusoidal. Quinn, for the listeners, because I know exactly what it is. Could you give us an audio representation of a, a sinusoidal sign? I certainly could. It's like a, an up and down wave. Picture like mm-hmm. rolling hills that just go up and down in a very even pattern. Ah, having the form of a sine curve. But like, give us an audio. Like, what does it sound like? I don't know if I'd know how to make the waveform. <laughs> <laughs> Great, perfect. No, this is this is helpful for me so that I can compose music for this moment. <laughs> Some great audio. Uh, Quinn, before we do anything else, I would like to use my temporal anomaly. Yes, let's mm. do it. Do you want to read that for the listeners? I sure will. I experience time differently, not as a linear progression, but as a constant swirl of past, present, and future at the beginning of each disturbance. Roll plus chaos on 10 plus hold 2 on 7 to 9 hold 1. I can use my hold at any point to declare that a specific event will happen in the future. I gain plus 1 ongoing on any action that makes that event meaningfully more likely to transpire if an event comes to pass. I refresh my anomaly if my event is no longer possible. I mark three anomaly as the divergent timeline violently collides with your own. I had a plus one last session, but I didn't end up using it. So here's hoping that I roll big money and use my power. Let's do it. So, all right. So rolling chaos. Well, it's an eight. Okay, hold one. Mm. At any point, you can declare that something is going to happen in the future. Or more specifically, something does happen in the future because you know. Mm. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, that was my one thing I wanted to get out of the way before we learn more about the screaming foglets. Yes, so thus is the scene before you, the entrance to Somewhere Elementary, home of the screaming foglets. I've lived in Somewhere for quite a while, continuously, I should say, to clarify. The only way you can. Well, I guess not entirely if my two compatriots are, are any <laughs> example. One true. third of us for, has lived... For most people. <laughs> uh, in, in somewhere in a linear fashion. Do I recognize anything about... The, like, now that it's visual in front of me, do I remember anything about the elementary school? Why don't you give me a roll to assess reality? Sure. 
That's a six and a five on the dice for a 12 total. Dang. Woo-woo. Okay, that's a, hold two. Nah, that's some nice. finale energy. Wait a minute. <laughs> Shit, wait. <laughs> oh, crap. What does the that timing's mean? Timing's all wrong. The timing's all wrong. <laughs> one good one at the top here is uh, what happened here. Something took the elementary school out of somewhere. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are, I don't think you know where you are, but you're not in somewhere. At least the somewhere you know and reside in. Some other where. <laughs> Some other where. <laughs> I think that's all I'll give you for just kind of like looking at the school outside. The second one I'll ask is what's my best route? I'm thinking about survivors or people who are lost as well. So while we're like we are in front of the door or the windows or anything, or would I have an idea of like where the best route to anybody who's still around might be? You really only have one route at this point. Uh, so if you want to ask a different question, I'll let you do that. You know, you're kind of on this sort of circular slab underneath mm-hmm. the awning where the main entrance is. There are windows I think you can see, but you would have to step into this void, which... Not the first time. Yeah, I'd say probably not your best route. Yeah, well, if you allow me a sec- an- another one, I guess another useful one is if we're in front of what looks like a fairly normal s- school just in some other void space. What here is not what it appears to be. Is the door a mouth? Quinn, is the door a mouth again? No. Okay. Well, not a literal mouth. Ah. A metaphorical mouth, perhaps, into the elementary school, but not not a literal mouth that will eat you. Like any good door. (laughs) It's very quiet, and you don't see anyone around. I think that's what I'll give you for what here is not what it appears to be, just kind of looking at the exterior. Okay. I will try to parlay these into because I do get a plus one ongoing as long as the information is relevant, which I think we keep forgetting on. Yes. On like assess realities and <laughs> we were bad at it in Monster of the Week and <laughs> we we're bad at it in Absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Claire, Max, anything y'all are up to surveying the scene here? I'm trying to imagine what a screaming fog that looks like. Just like a tiny, cute lull cloud with like cartoon sort of hands and feet. And a smile that also is somehow a scream. Okay. It's like a upset Casper. Yeah, ki- kind of. Yes. Love right. Like that. if Casper was scared, but also really excited. Yeah. Quinn, hmm. are we the only three around? Is there anybody else around? As you get your bearings, you see Stafford pull a flask out, hold it up to his CCTV camera, and a dark brown liquid dribbles out onto the camera screen and then down his neck and suit. Other than Stafford, like anybody... No, you do not see anyone else around. I'd like to walk around the school to perhaps get a, an assessment of the size of this building. Your only sort of safe footing here is really this circular concrete slab underneath the awning. Everything else is this endless empty onyx expanse. How wide is this concrete platform we're on? Here? Yeah, I'd say like 20 foot diameter. So we're just in, we're like on the little entry foyer... Not foyer. Whatever the thing in front of the door. An awning. I looked it up an on- before this episode. An awning, okay. An awning, um, a canopy. Foyer would probably work too. <laughs> if I go up and look into the windows, can I see anything? I, again, there's no real avenue to do that unless you want to step into the void. Hmm. Which you are welcome to do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. Aren't you a fan of our characters or something? Uh, Max is a fan of your characters. Uh, again, this looks remarkably similar to the empty abyss that was outside the windows of the bus. And last time you got Pinocchio, 
when you mm. fucked around with that. So mm. as a fan of your characters. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't. Uh, if anyone else wants to, to look at stuff, feel free. Otherwise, Duncan's going to go for the door. That was going to be my next move was we bumped, same, we, so bu- we all three bump shoulders trying to squeeze through the doorway at the exact same time. And then we all back up <laughs> yeah. and then we all do it again. Oh, on I'm accident. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, 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 geez. Okay. You, you first. Me first. You first. Least squishy goes first, right? I pinch myself. Pretty squishy. Pretty sure that's Stafford. Stafford also pinches his head. It's like, looks like I drew the short straw again. Oh, good lord. (laughs) He steps up and the sliding glass door opens. Ahead of you is a long, empty hallway. The walls are covered in shapes both ordinary and arcane, each one a bright, unadulterated primary or secondary color. On one (laughs) side sits a double-stack row of cubbyholes, and on the other, a six-foot-tall humanoid crayon with a rictus grin holding a sign that says, Welcome to Finals Week. The hallway is otherwise empty. Do I remember elementary schools having finals? I mean, who knows today? How long has it been since you went to elementary school? Me, Kyle, or me, Duncan? Duncan. <laughs> Duncan? Probably recently, actually, as we've established about this particular elementary school and what a child is. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn, now how long does this hallway go? So it goes about 25 feet, and then you can see kind of like a T with a, a break mm-hmm. to the left, and then it goes probably another mm, 40 feet, 50 feet, and then it hits a dead end. There are doors intermittently along the sides. Okay. Could I check my wire backpack? Does it still seem to be attached to something, like stretching off into infinity behind us? Or did we yeah. pop in here and it's a uh, cut severed? It just disappears into the the darkness. You're welcome to test it if you'd like. I'll give it a, a little tug, a little click, 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 beep, beep, beep on the, the handset. And is it just a Morse code unless you activate it? Sure. Yeah, I don't think I really designed it to be a two-way thing. It was more like a broadcast so that I can... Essentially, this is how I would do my can't stop the signal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From this from this place. But it maybe has has limited capacity to just send little beep beeps or tug tug. If that's the way you set it up, I think what happens is you just get like this almost infinitesimal. If you weren't explicitly looking for it, I don't think you would notice it. But you get mm-hmm. like a faint tug on the line and uh, it seems to still be working. Hell yeah. Good job, Seabass. Did you, did you just call him Seabass? Yeah. I do like that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love, I love it. it. Sebastian hates it, but <laughs> I love I've, it. I've always called him Seabass. I don't know why this is such a big deal. Of course. Of course. I fucking love it. Anyway. <laughs> Quinn, are there doors like near us? Yeah. So there's doors kind of up and down this hallway. There's a couple that are, in fact, near you. Yes. Okay. And what's on the doors? Is there like a principal's office or like I'm so a- glad you asked. you're welcome (laughs) there are two that are near to you they're just a short ways down this hallway one of them says red room and the other one says orange room when how is red room spelled not the way you're thinking (laughs) (laughs) okay good (laughs) is is it red visually there is a big red circle on the door painted on the orange is orange 
also circle. I feel like I need to be taking notes. This this yeah, just smells like, like a puzzle. Is, oh no. We're gonna want to refer to this later, and we're not gonna know <laughs> what it is. Oh, no. We've checked the red circle, but the orange square, and maybe we'll find a blue triangle. Oh gosh, this is like oh yeah. It's a, sorry, directions. it's a red circle, orange square. No. Oh, now it sounds like you're just humoring me. I mean, I am a little bit, but I, it's because I like it. I like the different shapes. It's good. So yeah, uh, there are two doors near you, the red room and the orange room. Gang, what do we think? Got any feelings? Anybody Quinn, any, Anybody have anybody an empath here? I would like to assess reality. <laughs> sure. How are you assessing reality? I am taking out my Zweihander and poking things with it. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Give me give me a roll yep. plus wits. All right. Okay. Like a sort of dowsing okay. sword. <laughs> it's like uh it's like when you're testing a cake with a toothpick to see mm-hmm. if it's done. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it's a ten. Okay, hold two. All right. I would like to know, Quinn, are there any dangers that we haven't noticed? It's very quiet. Quinn, I'm just gonna say that's such a dad move. It's like it's too quiet. <laughs> Something is wrong. <laughs> I mean, to elaborate, Max, there's nothing in this sort of immediate vicinity. You know, you poke the door, nothing happens. You poke the giant crayon man, nothing happens. Don't poke me, don't poke me. <laughs> while, while you're doing this, Stafford is kind of over by the cubby holes, rooting around, and I think you hear like the iPhone sound of a camera, and you can tell Stafford's taking like some pictures of, of what's in there. There's not much. I, I think the only answer for that is that it's quiet, which is strange. Hmm. Okay. I would like to also know it, what here is useful or valuable to me. Yeah. And and you can you can decide if that's like <laughs> me as in part of the group or like me as in somebody who's trying to figure out how to time travel again. Well, since you put it that way, uh, <laughs> the time's wrong here. Oh. Having seen the similarities between the windows of the bus and the exterior of this school, you can tell that this place is outside of time. I don't think you know why or how exactly, but mm-hmm. in your big picture quest, I guess, to uh, fix your own timeline, that is useful. Anything that's messed up about time is useful to you. Mm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Could I ask just a quick clarify question? Do I recognize the school at all? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I think the memories come, I won't say flooding back to you, but maybe trickling back to you. You still don't know exactly how long it's been gone, but you have a much better recollection of like, oh yeah, this is the elementary school in town. Like, of course. Yeah, Duncan sits quietly with, with that for a little bit. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Did it, anything happen? Wait, was that Duncan screaming in character? Yeah. Yeah, D- Stafford, did you hear echo or anything? You hear, like, the sound of a, a VCR tape rewinding, and then he, like, touches the side of his head, hits the play button, and you see on the screen the scene replay, and you scream, and then you hear, like, an echo down the hallway. <gasps> Sounds like it's not an unnatural silence. It's just nobody's here. All right. Well, Tell me, is Stafford like Horatio Kane from CSI Miami? Oh, that is a I have good not pull. seen it. <gasps> He's all of the stere- all of those archetypes. He kind of it, yeah. Does he uh, does he take his glasses off when he says something yes. and then puts them back on? Have you seen this meme? Because that is oh yeah um, where this comes yes, from. Yes, that's that's 
Yeah. I mean, yes. He doesn't wear glasses, but yes. He makes the motion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he makes the motion, even though he's not wearing glasses. Yes. Okay, good. Do you want to try one of these doors? Max goes up to the door and puts, like, the back of her hand on the doorknob to see if it's hot. Very, it's hot. We're she very cautious here in season two. <laughs> she learned that. She learned uh, that Which once. one? Yeah, red or orange? Oh, red. Uh, no, it's not. Not hot. Claire licks it. Ooh, flavor? Uh, it tastes faintly of pennies. Claire licks the other one. Pennies. It also tastes faintly of pennies. Okay. Pennies. okay. Yeah, hey, look, you don't know until you try. I knock on the red circle door. It swings open. What? Hello? I peek. I do a little Scooby-Doo peek around the door. As you move your head inside, the lights flip on. And before you is an empty classroom. There are rows of chair desks, the sort of combined seats. The walls of the classroom are, are ringed with all sorts of like posters and knickknacks and things. At the front, there's a large desk that's covered in sort of an assortment of books and papers and a singular apple. And seated at that desk is a fairly large man. He's got sort of a fading hairline, kind of like a, a russet hair. And he is sitting there completely unmoving. Okay, so I guess not entirely empty. He's at the, like, teacher's desk in front of the class? Yes. With the apple? Yes. Uh, I go, uh, hello. Psst, Claire, Max. Yeah. There's a guy over there. Do you know who that is? Do I know who that is? Do we recognize this person, Quinn? Uh, somebody give me a roll to assess reality. I got one of those. Eight. Hold one. Who is it? No, where's the (laughs) (laughs) What kind of monster is it? No, wrong game. I don't know. Between what happened here and what here is useful or valuable to me, I really want to know who is it, which I guess is what What happened happened here. here? What happened here? What? Who happened here? Who happened here? (laughs) Who are you? Speaking of CSI. Who? 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 I really want to know. <laughs> and that's the limit that we can do without being in big, big trouble. Yeah. So, Duncan, I will leave it up to you if you know this person or not. But I think you see a little nameplate on the desk that says Mr. Wilcock. Yeah, I think I know him. How do you know Mr. Wilcock? Curious. I think he's probably one of the earlier grade teachers here. Mm-hmm. And... I would chat with him because we shared a enthusiasm for radio equipment. So it's Mr. Wilcock, and he is seated at his desk, unmoving and staring into the middle distance. I'll say like first grade. Sure, to you know, to the extent that grades are really uh, the extent mean that any... anything at somewhere elementary. Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's the like angle of the floor, right? Of the room? Yeah, yeah. So this is a very slightly angled. This is the first grade room. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, that is what you see. It's Mr. Wilcock. He's seated alone in an empty classroom, completely unmoving. Jack. Jack. He slowly turns to look at you. What happened? Are you okay? Duncan, you can see that his the pupils of his eyes don't look right. They're not just one-directional, they're bi-directional. It looks like his pupils are a plus sign. But Bud, your eyes. Are you okay? Can you see me? I... You 
here for the test? What? Take a seat if you're here for the test. Yes. Take a seat. Hmm. Uh, I take a couple steps into the room. Max, Claire, you don't. Do you want to? I yes. Don't, do you want yes. to take a test? I do, I I lean into the room. I have not taken a step in, but I'm I'm doing um you know like a Disney Channel lean mm-hmm. where it's kind of comical and perhaps Claire you are leaning in like on top so there's like two heads poking around for maximum comical effect. Are the two of you attempting to be discreet in this? I'm not. I just don't want to put my foot inside the classroom. It's like it's lava. Mr. Wilcock turns towards you and says if you would like to be seated for the test come inside otherwise no looky lose it's against the standard i will take said test but just so you know i should be considered and then claire just trails off and sits down (laughs) (laughs) should be considered (laughs) should be considered she was about to say for the position she's like wait i don't know what this actually is consider me Consider me. Uh, you two can sit for the test. I'm gonna hang out here by the door. I like to walk kind of towards a, a seat, but try to take a look at his desk, the place he's sitting. Is there any other door from this room, or is it just the one? The one. Just door? the one. Just the one. Max, as you say that, the door slams in your face. Yeah. So I'm stuck on the outside now. Yes. Love that for me. Uh, I try to open the door. Perhaps unsurprisingly, it does not open. <laughs> it would be really funny if it did open right back up. I uh, shake the handle aggressively. It rattles futilely. I poke it with my sword. You do indeed. Does it do anything? Just poking it? Nope. Just poking it. Nope. Uh, Duncan? Duncan? Claire? Do we hear that? Do we hear yeah, that? do we hear it? You do not. Oh, Rad. No. Uh, Mr. Wilcock, you see he uh, has a ruler that's outstretched and pointing towards the door, and he sort of draws it back in towards himself, almost as though he was holding a candle or a religious artifact, uh-huh. and he taps two desks at the very front of the class. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk up and casually sit down. What's on the, what's on the test today, Jack? Mr. Wilcock, in like a, a motion reminiscent of a conductor, swings in a wide arc the ruler that he's holding and the rest of the desks fly to the side of the room and the two of you are in the center. Whoa. He turns around and swings it again and all of the clutter on his desk is tossed aside. He goes behind it, opens one of the drawers and pulls out three objects. The first is a stoppered bottle that is filled with a black silver fog. The second is a cell phone It's like an old flip phone that is open, and I think you can see several bars on the display. Huh. The third is a Rubik's Cube that is all jumbled up, and Mr. Wilcock splays these items out on the desk and says, The final exam is dimensional studies. Diffuse an extraplanar threat using the knowledge that you have learned this year. Hmm. You have three choices. Choose wisely. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I haven't taken extra planar studies in some time. In one ear, out the other, you know, when you don't use it in your day-to-day, just kind of like, totally gone. 
It's not my fault if you didn't study to meet the standard. Come on, Jack, can we get a little hint? He wraps Just between you and me. Ow! It's almost always C. The Rubik's Cube? Yes. Claire has never taken a <laughs> test in her life. So she's repeating the one thing she'd heard on like an NPR story, which is that the average answer is usually C. What's yeah. NPR? Did they have NPR in somewhere? I think you mean WSOM. Yeah. The yes. Uh-huh. Well. <laughs> it was me who said it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And yeah, it was you. Claire doesn't give you credit for it, though. <laughs> I was going to say maybe. I heard this somewhere. It was, that was me. Maybe. And I was filling airtime. <laughs> Oh, right, right. Carry on. Carry on. Sorry. Can I wiggle the stoppered bottle around? I think as you approach, Mr. Wilcox says, remember, choose wisely. Uh, I rack my brain for when I went to elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) If either of you would like to assess reality, you could. could Oh, yeah. Right. We're playing a game with options. I would love to use the game mechanic, Assess Reality, that you have so generously written for us. That is a nine. Hold one. What here is useful or valuable to me? Knowing the answer? Passing the (laughs) test. (laughs) (laughs) What I will give you for that, Duncan, is that you know that that bottle of fog is screaming fog. Ooh. I don't think you know off the top of your head what the other two are, but you know that that is one of the three options presented to you. Yeah, I don't think having a little bit of screaming fog would really help defeat an extra extra dimensional threat other than it would just make everybody fucking bummed out. (laughs) Duncan, that is the extra dimensional threat. Oh, the fog is the threat. You have a choice of three threats. I'm so sorry, Jack. I misunderstood your question. We have to defeat one of these threats. Uh, yeah, I grabbed the bottle. Claire, are you on board with this, or are you going for a different one? Claire is so outside of her element that she she doesn't even know maybe this is how all tests always go. <laughs> Duncan, you grab the bottle and unstopper it, and billowing out, encompassing this room in a matter of seconds, is the screaming fog. Let's jump to Max. <laughs> okay. Max, the door has slammed in your face and your sort of immediate efforts to open it have been uh, unsuccessful. Um, I'm banging on the door. Mm -hmm. Does that seem to be doing anything? Doesn't really. I think you hear a voice from behind you say, they're gone. Stafford? (laughs) Max. Well, technically accurate that they are like gone from our line of sight. That's some pretty (laughs) negative thinking. You know, maybe maybe we need to be expressing a little more positivity about our endeavors. Does Stafford not have object permanence? Yeah! <laughs> when you've seen as much as I have, you know you can't trust what's beyond your own sight. Oh, my God. That was amazing, Quinn, and insufferable at the same time. Max, we don't have to succumb to the same fate as them. I suggest we keep moving. We can find our way out of here. You don't want to make sure Duncan's okay? Jesus. His fate's in his own hands now. Is it? I warned him about the power and the danger. <laughs> All right. Come on, Staffy. Uh, let, let, help, help, help me open this door. Give me a sway roll. Oh, boy. Oh, no. 
big money, big money. <laughs> it's a seven. Middle money. On the seven nine, they'll do it, but I will choose an option from the list below. They okay. want more than what you're offering. They demand payment mm -hmm. up front. They have a better idea for achieving your goal, or they stall and dither for a while. Stafford strikes me as the type to always have a better idea. He's made of backup plans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. That sounds like an insult. I don't understand it, what I just said. I think the lens of the camera zooms in on you and the mustache falls a little bit where some of the, the whiskey had messed with the adhesive. And he turns and says, Max, I don't know if we can get in that door, but maybe if we try this one over here. We can find another way to reach Duncan. And he starts heading towards the orange door. Okay, well, I, 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 I look at him and I go, well, such as Duncan, Claire's in there too. Does that make it more enticing that it's not just... I said what I said. <laughs> you know what? Deserved. I'm really hoping she doesn't overhear this because she's going to put this in the blog. Oh, definitely. She's, she's gonna she's gonna explode it. Claire does have <laughs> negative two bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Claire's not the most popular with bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, so so Stafford has not given up on Duncan, but he he has a better way of doing it in his mind. All right, and I go with him over to the door with the yellow. Was it a yellow circle? It's also a yellow uh, circle. It's or is a yellow orange square. square? Yeah, orange Come square. Come on, Hannah. I'm taking notes over here. It tastes like pennies. That's all we test. know so far. <laughs> and it's not hot. So far, both doorknobs taste like pennies and are not hot. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. I'm going to drop this in the clues lot. channel of our Discord. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> good. That's, that's good. You've given us now the orange square is also not hot. I believe we only tested the red uh, circles. Gotcha. Sweet. Gotcha. <laughs> Stafford looks at you, Max, and says, do you want the honors or should I? No, you go right ahead. He reaches out a hand and opens the door. Inside, from what you can see, is a, a, a fairly similar classroom, if not in the details, at least in the orientation. It's an array of desks, chair desks. There's a larger desk at the front where a person wearing a long sleeve button down with a sweater vest over it is seated with kind of a vacant stare. The exterior here, though, all the posters and paintings and things all of those are, have been torn down. There's a few that are just left lying on the ground, but most of them seem to have disappeared entirely. Uh, and the walls are alarmingly empty. Huh. Can I go up and uh, look at one of the posters that's been torn down? Yeah, definitely. All right, I would like to do that. What is the poster? That's a good question. What is the poster? Uh, one of those read posters. Mm -hmm. It's a poster that just says read and there's like a picture of three kids reading books and they're all sort of smiling, but the poster's been defaced, scrawled over it in spray paint in sort of big all caps letters, the word escape. Oh, I was hoping it would be bleed. Mm. So it'd be like a... <laughs> Is it a somewhere celebrity on the poster? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it's got to be a, right, the Reed Library campaign. Yes. Who Who is our celebrity? <laughs> is Claire on the poster? <laughs> Would Claire ever agree to do a PSA? Yeah, if the money's good. <laughs> I mean, Claire wants to use the bureaucracy to her purposes. She just complains when they do things that she doesn't like. I mean, if you want it to be Claire, it could be Claire. Sure. 
Be I, we, can, we can invent a new celebrity. We could. <laughs> but I do kind of like that if Claire is just there <laughs> no, holding. I, I like it. It's probably Claire. not an actual book. No. Well, it is a book, but it's been entirely hollowed out on the inside and used as a decorative doorstop. I'll leave it up to the two of you. It's either Claire or it's somewhere high school star quarterback <laughs> I think Varsity it's Jones. Somewhere high school star quarterback Varsity Jones holding Claire's book. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Nice. Incredible. All right. Love it. He credits his success to following Claire's 28 step skincare routine. <laughs> uh, his skin, impeccable. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Beautiful. Didn't have to be airbrushed or nothing. Max, this is, this, this is what you see is a motivational read poster. With somewhere high school star quarterback Varsity Jones with Claire's book. <laughs> um, and it has been spray painted over the word escape. I know we had a book club last season, but I do like to imagine that Claire's 21 step skin routine is just put on sunscreen 21 times. <laughs> 21 layers of sunscreen. Step yes. one, put on sunscreen. Step two, put on sunscreen again. Step three, third layer of sunscreen, please. <laughs> Always be applying sunscreen. Step four, wait a little bit and put on some more sunscreen. <laughs> ABS. Always be sunscreening. There you go. Yeah. When do I recognize this person at the desk? What's your community rating? Ah, excellent question. It is negative one. No, <laughs> you definitely don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max, I will give you for free because you saw the one previously and you know how schools work. There's a nameplate at this desk that says Mix Roxbury. Mix Roxbury. And I like wave my hand in front of their face and like maybe. Their head turns towards you and they lock eyes with you. Ooh, that's unnerving. Their pupil, uh, instead of sort of a normal human pupil, theirs looks like. Almost like a V or maybe a heart or two hands together. Mm -hmm. And Mix Roxbury says to you, are you here for the test? What is the test on? <laughs> Social studies, of course. That's a great question to ask before you agree to take this. <laughs> wow. Yes, it is. Incredible. I look at Stafford. He is like shaking his, his camera head <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Wait, are you not are you not good at social studies? It's not my strong suit if you catch my drift. I don't. Please elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time in this cold, dark town since I could relate to anyone on a real human level. Stafford, do you think that the social studies part, the social part, means that we're gonna Oh, no. Oh, boy. Social studies doesn't mean studying how sociable you are. Stafford, like, cocks his camera head slightly. It's a study of, like, geography or history or some something like that. It's, it's not, it's... Maybe you and I went to different schools. Yes, that is becoming increasingly apparent. <laughs> uh, and I turn back to Mix Roxbury and I go, uh, what, what happens if I pass the test? You'll meet the standard, of course. You will pass your final. Mm. And what happens if I fail? Their expression goes kind of stormy. 
little dour. And they say, would be such a disappointment. See another failure on the books. What? What books? <laughs> Metaphorical books. But I suppose the real books in the principal's office where they keep the grades. Oh, interesting. If I fail, do I go to the principal's office? No, if you fail, you go to detention. What? Oh, interesting. Well, Stafford, I'm going to try taking a test. Would you like to join me? You hear the door shut behind you. Okay, well, I guess that's just me and you, teach. And I sit down. It is very awkward with the sword and the little desk. I'm not letting go of it. I'm not putting it somewhere else. But, like, there's a good solid 30 seconds of me just, like, trying to rearrange myself. And the desk is, like, squeaking a little bit against the floor. And it's just me and this other person. And it's extremely awkward. Amazing. Yep. Mix Roxbury sits unmovingly as you do this for several minutes. Yep. Uh, and when you're finally situated, <laughs> they reach into their desk and produce an old hourglass like a sand hourglass love it love the aesthetic and they flip it and grains of sand begin to flow through and they look you dead in the eye and say you have one hour to find a date to prom uh, what uh, he was his stafford was right yeah. test? No. social <laughs> studies Hello class, Mr. Quinn here. Thanks so much for joining today for Lesson 9 of Monster Hour Absurdia. Make sure you're paying attention. This will be on the final exam. Extra credit, as always, to everyone who has helped us spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and incorporating Monster Hour into your academically mandated prom proposal. Don't forget that if you tweet about the show using hashtag MonsterHourPod, you might wind up with a character named after you. We've got a double dose of eponymous NPCs this episode with Mr. Wilcock and Mix Roxbury, named after at Nettie Roosevelt and at Cass Roxburg on Twitter. Our honor roll this week are the latest members of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Nathan Pichette and Joe Pedrick, and C-Mac for bumping up his pledge after the announcement of our new bureaucracy tarot deck goal. We just posted our extremely goofy one-shot game of Potato, where we play a merry band of halfling farmers tending to their crops, dallying in small-town gossip, and trying to avoid being eaten by orcs, swept up in a quest, or falling into the town's sinkhole. If that sounds like your cup of mead and you'd like to support us, you can head over to patreon.com monsterhour or follow the link in the show notes. Our community spotlight this week is Quest Friends. Now, usually I like to let our fellow podcasters speak for themselves during the spotlight, but I do want to give Quest Friends a little extra hype here. They are currently in their second season, and stop me if this sounds familiar, playing a game of their GM's own making. It's called Under the Neighborhood, and it draws inspiration from many of the same animated touchstones as Absurdia, Gravity Falls, Owl House, and Over the Garden Wall, to name a few. It's an awesome game, and the show that they've made with it in Quest Friends is a delightfully revelrous supernatural comedy actual play, where the world of the dead is only a plane right away. Rest in peace. Descansa en paz. Repose en paix. Reposere in pace. You've died, but don't worry. We here at Quest Friends are here to help you with your afterlife onboarding process. As you know, 
the worlds of the living and the dead aren't that far apart. And you might think, I don't need to learn anything new. But you'd be wrong. Dead wrong. That's why over at questfriendspodcast.com, we release fun, improvised adventures in a world where the realm of the dead is only a plane ride away. Inspired by cartoons like The Owl House and Gravity Falls. So whether you've recently departed or are just visiting, welcome! Bienvenido! Bienvenue! Benvenuti! Quitai! And thank you for dying with Quest Friends. You can find more information about Quest Friends at questfriendspodcast.com slash monsterhour. Yes, they made a cute little landing page just for the folks who are listening to this. You should go check it out. Or you can start listening right away by searching for Quest Friends with an exclamation point on your favorite podcasting app. That's all I've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in October 18th for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere. Okay, yeah! Ah! Ah! It's clear! Ah! You just gotta think! Ah! It's just the... That's ah! the fun. Just think! Ah! You gotta fight it! And you have happy place! Happy place! Don't get in Claire. Anyways, that goes on for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the background. Duncan and Claire, the room has rapidly filled with a billowing, voluminous black and gray fog tinged with hints of silver around the edges, and your ears are filled immediately with the sound of screams. All volumes and intensities and pitches and tones. All other sound is drowned out in this symphony of shrieking. A shriekphony, if you will. Uh huh. A screamphony. A screamphony. Screamphony is better. Uh, hmm. A cacophony. Uh, no, that's I hate. Uh, I hate it. I hate everything about it. Uh, spookistra. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Oh, I like spookistra. That's good. That's good shit. And Duncan, in particular, one scream hits home. Oh no. For you. Uh, I want to try to pinpoint where it's coming from. Give me a roll to assess reality. Assess reality. I'm actually going to push myself on this one and mark my essence, which is integrity for me as the Vox, and push myself on this roll, which, as we haven't done it a whole lot, it is roll 3d6 and discard the lowest dice. Indeed. And that's what I'm doing. It's 3d6. On the dice, it is two, three, four. So I drop the two, add one for my wits, and that's three, four, seven, plus one is eight. Okay, hold one. Yes. Uh, My holds, I was trying to pinpoint a single scream in this cacophony of screaming. Uh, So I think the the best question there is, what's my best route? Yeah, that seems, seems like the way to go. I think you push your way through the fog moving not quite deeper, I suppose, because it's sort of occupying this whole room to the extent that you can see anything, which is minimal. But you, you head towards this sound, this particular scream. And as you move forward, you can see the fog forming into over large, like four or five feet long mouths that are emitting these these screams. And you push, you sort of swat at them and, and move through them until at last you find yourself before a familiar set of lips, slightly smaller than the rest. And you hear a scream that is exceedingly familiar to you. Yeah, I yell back, Sam, Sam, I'm here. Duncan! 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 Sam, where are you? Duncan! 
I just reach blindly towards where it's coming from. You run headlong into this open mouth made of fog. Give me a roll to embrace chaos. Oh, no. It's fine. Man, I kind of want to push myself on this one, too. This big deal, this big dunk deal. Yeah, I'll get, I'll do it. I've got some spare boxes to spend. I'm going to push myself on this one because Embrace Chaos is pretty bad. I need all the help I can get. Uh, so that's 3d6. Drop the lowest. Yep. That is four, three, and four. That gives that an eight. Minus one is seven. Okay. <laughs> Good call on pushing yourself. Thank uh, God. On a seven to nine, you choose one and I choose one. I think the thing that's closest to what Duncan is trying to do here is quell the power's effect or fan its flames. It's just a cacophony of, of screaming and he's trying to find Sam in it. I mean, I think you have found him in a mm. sense in that you have found the avatar in the fog of his mouth, which is screaming. Right. I guess the, the motivation here isn't so much to find it, but to ease the fear and the, the emotion that is causing him to scream. Quell this power's effect, perhaps? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? I think he has walked into this maw of the, of the fog and has located this avatar of the familiar voice that he's been searching for. And he is just trying to remain calm and trying to reassure, give a familiar voice back into the fog and reassure it that it's not alone and that it's okay. I think the screaming, this mouth in front of you, this wretched scream, starts to quell, I guess, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. It devolves into sort of a, a whimpering and then kind of a mouthing gibber until the, the lips of this mouth in front of you aren't moving at all. They're just sort of trembling ever so slightly. However, Duncan, mm -hmm. my option, the screams around you are deafening, utterly disorienting to the point where, because you can't see anything, you aren't even sure which direction is up or down anymore. You're just kind of suspended in this screaming fog. Go ahead and mark one essence, an additional essence for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, you have quieted this mouth, which by all accounts seems to belong to Sam. Yeah, I just repeating, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Is, Is it really, really you, Duncan? Duncan? It's me. It's been screaming for so long. Can you see anything? It's just fog. I'm going to get you out. I just reach into the around where the mouth is. I'm just like grabbing at it. I think the mouth just kind of, as you reach for it, dissipates into oh, no, fog. no, 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 no. Claire. Y yes? You two are buffeted by uh, <laughs> an unhallowed chorus of horrifying screams. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Duncan is nowhere to be found. Hmm. Any sort of anchor point in this room is uh, gone. You're just in the middle of the screaming fog. Mm -hmm. What do you do? So nothing is drawing me in any direction, right? I'm just experiencing it. Out of the gates? N no. Okay. I would like to scream back into the screaming fog. <laughs> Let's make a deal. Okay. And see what happens. <laughs> Interesting. Bold choice. I think Embrace Chaos is actually the best fit here. That sounds about right. <laughs> that one's a good one for me. Ha! That one's a very good one for me. 11. On a 10 plus, choose two options. I'm going to do... Uh, this may not help right in this moment, but it's fascinating to think of for future application. You gain a clear understanding of the power's source, effects, and motives, if any. And then I'm going to quell the power's effect or fan its flame. 
tell me what it looks like as you quell the power's effect. I assume you're choosing to quell and not fan the flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am. I want to do both of those things. So uh, I think Claire is surrounded by the screaming fog and yells, let's make a deal. And then <laughs> after she says that, I think her eyes go black. The fog, as you do that, swirls around you. Great. Almost like it's like leaning in to have a conversation with me kind of thing. <laughs> a generous interpretation, but yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> go on. <laughs> go on. <laughs> I think then Claire's eyes go full black, and I'm talking um, willow, dark willow. We're in dark willow territory here. Mm -hmm. She tilts her head back. She opens her, her mouth abnormally largely and just does this like blood curdling deep scream. And while she's screaming, she's almost thinking of screaming like translating a language. So in her mind, she's kind of saying like, my terms are that you stop this at once and we have a civilized conversation about where we are, what we both need and how we get what we want out of this. But it comes out as... <laughs> and Ringtone. then yeah that's it that's that's what she does i think as this scream erupts from your mouth we see the fog push out almost and duncan it pushes away from you as well and sort of creates this bubble around the two of you claire as it recedes you hear a voice in your ear not a scream just like the faintest whisper and all it says to you is hey Oh, no, that's way worse than anything I could imagine. <laughs> Sup? You don't know how long it's going to last, but you have pushed the fog away from you and Duncan, giving the two of you some breathing room. Does it respond in any way to my deal problem? Like, I've asked it what it wants, and I, I want to gain an understanding of its source and motives. That hay was the answer to... I'm bending a little bit the clear part, but um, okay, okay. that was your understanding of the power source effects and motives, if any. It wants hay. Mm, it's a horse. It's the it's ghost a, of a horse. It's a I've screaming figured horse. It out. <laughs> You've done it again, Claire. <laughs> Printed in the tabloid. Mystery solved. Claire, I will present you with a choice here. If you want to entreat, sort of try to make a deal here. I would give you a call for aid role with entropy if you would like it. Specifically, Ooh. entropy's resource of uncontrollable power. Sweet. Yeah, I'll try that. So, um... Okay, give me a call for aid roll plus entropy. Mm, well, oh, <laughs> I'm going to no. need it because that's, that's a six. Oh. On a miss, they can't or won't provide the aid you seek. Rude. <laughs> Claire, your proposition goes... I won't say unanswered because the surface of the screaming fog outside of this bubble continues to roil and twist and you can see mouths manifesting in the mist shrieking out towards you. Let's jump to Max. Max, <laughs> the sands of the hourglass fall one by one oh boy. as your timed test is underway. Okay. I get up and I run to the door. Can I open the door? Yes. Okay. I look out inside the hallway. Can I see Stafford? No. Stafford! Stafford? Can I hear him? No. Can I hear anything? No. Quinn, is this the same hallway that I was in before? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stafford is just not there. Uh, otherwise, it looks the same as previously. 
described. Okay. I do go running over to the other door, and I I try to open the other door. Can I open the other door? Yeah, it still won't budge. Okay. All right. I, I think you hear, like, the faintest sound of shrieking inside. I'll come back for you. Uh, and I go <laughs> oh, yeah. running down the hallway. Uh, okay. You run down the hallway. You pass two more doors on your way. One of them is yellow. Uh-huh. The other one is kind of like an off-white color. You reach the, the T intersection, and you can see that it goes probably further than this hallway that you're on before reaching a dead end. There's a variety of doors that way. Which, which way are you going at this point? Uh, well, I'd like to run back, are either the yellow door or the off-white door, can I open either of them? Yes. Okay, let me open the yellow door. Yeah, you open the door to the yellow room. This room does not look the same as the others. There's no one seated at the teacher's desk. The classroom is in disarray. There are desks sort of overturned, school supplies scattered everywhere, pencils, paper, rulers, a T95 calculator. All of the posters have been ripped off the walls. It looks like this place was maybe ransacked or there was like a, a fight here. That's that's kind of your initial read from opening the door. Okay, and nobody's inside? No. Okay, uh, well, I got 54 minutes to find a prom date. Uh, <laughs> so I go, I go running over to the other door. Can I open that one? The off-white shape? Uh, this one's shaped like a bone. Off-white bone. Off-white bone. Spooky. The sign on the door says the gristle room. The gristle room? Yes. Good lord, that's dark. Okay, I, I open the door. This room is also empty of people. However, it is arranged in a decidedly different way. All of the desks are stacked up in two columns by the, the teacher's desk, the, the much larger desk. You can also see that there are four people that are stacked onto the teacher's desk. They are lying flat on their backs, stacked on top of one another, uh, and none of them are moving at all. Do I recognize any of them? No. Boy. And it's just it's just a stack of four bodies? Yep. Okay. I do think, given that it's called the Gristle Room, perhaps it bears a little bit more inspection. So I would like to... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it does assess reality. <laughs> uh, how are what does that look like? What are you doing? Uh, I go up and I poke one of the <laughs> incredible. Are you poking it with your hand or your sword hand? Oh, or... my sword, yeah, oh, of course. I like okay. how you have one of the biggest swords excellent for chopping and slashing, <laughs> and I think you've done exclusively pokes. <laughs> I mean this arc, but there was this a arc. lot of slashing. There with was, the, there was slashing. a lot of yeah. slashing when using it. Yes, that's true. But this is but this, this is this such is a the um, poking stick. <laughs> it is, and I'm very good at it. It's a very gentle poke. <laughs> okay, give me a roll to assess reality. All right. Uh, that's a seven. Hold one. I would like to know who or what is really in control here. You poke this body with your Zweihander. The Top one? Bottom one? Uh, middle one. Middle one? Doesn't move. You do see that your poke produces a small cut, which starts to bleed. Oops. You also notice, as you get closer, that all of these people, their eyes are open, but unmoving. They all appear to be teachers, likely, just given sort of their age and eh, probably attire. 
to answer your question, I think you go looking or like you you do you start to search just a little more thoroughly after very carefully making sure that none of them would spring to life. And I think on the the top one, almost like attached to the belt, kind of like a, a cargo tag, like you would get for your carry-on luggage, there is a little tag that says, failed to meet the standard. Hmm. Oh. oh no. 